The Greenhouse Effect is a weekly podcast hosted by youth pastor Avery Bowman. This podcast is for teens and their parents. Our goal is to encourage, support, and strengthen the home. Contrary to popular belief, one can survive in this present culture while maintaining a personal relationship with Jesus. Join us each week as we learn from God's Word. Here is your host, Avery Bowman. What's going on, everyone? I want to take this opportunity to welcome you to The Greenhouse Effect. Here we are already on episode number 14, which is extremely exciting. And this week, we want to talk about consistency just may be the number one thing. I don't know about you or how many kids that you have. I don't know what the age group of kids that you have, whether they're they're still young and little or if they're teenagers yet. But I know one thing, that our kids need clear direction and consistent parents. I want to start off by sharing a couple verses with you as we springboard into this week. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58 says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. James 5.12 says, But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay nay, lest ye fall into condemnation." We look at these two verses here quickly, and we see a couple things that I wanted to point out, but being steadfast, unmovable. Look, we're called to our children. We're called to parent them and to raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And, And if you consider that, that is the work of the Lord. And so we are to make sure that we're being steadfast in that that we're um, consistent in doing what it takes to be a consistent parent and not slack in those things. And it, and, and it tells us at the end of that verse that our labor is not in vain. Isn't it easy to think that the investment that we're putting into our kids is just going to waste, that we're putting all this time and effort and that they're not getting anything out of it anyways? Well, that's not true. You see, our labor that we're doing is not in vain. James 5.12 there, it says, when you say yes, make sure it's a yes. And when you say no, make sure it's a no. Now, I know it's talking about an oath when you take an oath. But at the same time, in our parenting and in the things that we do, we should be um, consistent. We should be steady parents. This whole episode came about by, I read an article, and that article, they asked 3,000 parents what they would change if they could start over again in their parenting. And it shocked me when I read that the number one response of these parents out of 3,000 was that they said that they would be more consistent. And, you know, I suppose that maybe these parents now realize that their inconsistencies led their teens and their family to a place that they didn't really want to go. 
whether there was rooted and misplaced love, or from being distracted by the hustle and bustle of life, or by not wanting to be a bad guy all the time. But they made a habit of giving in, and now they're sorry for it. Don't we not discipline our kids at times because we don't want to be the bad guy? Don't we try to pawn them off on our spouse because we don't necessarily want to be the one to take the flack? But there are situations I see and deal with where teens go to their mom's house and they can do whatever they want to do. And then they come home to their dads and there's a lot of structure, there's strict rules, they're expected to abide by these certain things. And so when a teenager lives in that inconsistency, they're receiving a lot of mixed signals. They're not exactly sure what to do, and they'll never thrive in an environment like that. But I will mention that anything that we discuss is not a one-size-fits-all. It's hard, right, because there's so many different variables that go into every family's specific situation. That's why I challenge on a weekly basis, and I will continue, that we have to get alone with the Lord. We have to um, ask God what He would have us to do in our specific family's life, in our um, individual perspective of how we should handle situations. We talked a little bit about last week how we are fearfully and wonderfully made in God's eyes. And so, When God gave you your teenager, you're enough to work with your teenager. Even if something happened in the home where a marriage didn't last, hey, you're still good enough to be there for your teenager. You're still enough to love your teenager through those years of their life. It's not the most ideal situation, but Satan will have us to believe that we're not going to be able to survive that we might as well just let our teenagers go off the rails and live the life that they're bound and determined to live. I'm just telling you that it doesn't matter the situation that you currently find yourself in, that you can make it. You can do it. You can still have a happy life. And so understand that and know that you are able to thrive and have a good life. So That's why I always challenge us to get alone with God. I also want to challenge you to seek godly counsel from your pastor or from a good friend and nosedive into the word of God. Hey, pick God's brain on these matters. See what God thinks about these situations. From my experience in working with teens that those parents are justified in their remorse. I see a lot of teens and work with them on a weekly basis that are in the mix of inconsistent parents. And when you work with teenagers that have to deal with inconsistent parents on a weekly basis, you will see a lot of depression and anxiety and a lot of things that go along with those things. Here's the bottom line. Teens left to themselves will naturally get into trouble. Teens that have to process some of the heaviest things this world throws at them will for sure be down the road to struggling in their mental health. I'm not hard on teenagers, though. 
Because adults left to themselves will naturally get in trouble, right? Kids left to themselves will naturally get in trouble. It's the, it seems to be the pattern of life. And so the path that they'll go down is one of the, one of least resistance or the greatest pleasure. Your teenager is going to go down the road of least resistance and greatest pleasure. That's natural. Your, your child's going to do the same thing. And that's why they need structure. It has to be consistent, though. It has to make sense to them. Most teenagers will thrive when they have clear and unmovable boundaries that are in place. Because it's an anchor in a turbulent life. Without those boundaries, without those rules, without those stipulations in their life, hey, it's a bumpy road. It, it can be hairy out there. It can be weird trying to figure things out. Without consistency in a teen's life, they feel like they're living on a teeter-totter where certain behaviors are okay one day and then they're not okay the next. And not knowing which will happen next can be extremely stressful to them. And this is what leads to anxiety, anger, depression, irritability, frustration, overreacting to just normal everyday problems, memory loss, lack of concentration. I mean, I don't know, but does this sound like any of your teenagers? Do they go through some of these things? I know I work with teenagers. I teach teenagers. And some of them experience some of these things. And I will say, and I know that it's because of inconsistent home life. It's because of um, some of the things that are going on. Now, one thing I know in parenting is that parents sometimes have the tendency They'll come up to me and they'll t- say, hey, Brother Avery, I'll never be like my parents. And that's something that my parents did. So I don't know why you would recommend something like that. And, you know, while I understand what they're saying, that, you know, you don't want to necessarily repeat every single thing and make a, make adjustments to the way that your parents did things, put your own spin on things. And, but what are you, what are you doing when you're putting your own spin on things? Have you sought God or do you just resent what your parents did? And did you ever consider that your parents did the best with what they were given? So we can't always live in the past with throwing our parents under the bus for what our reality is today. There has to come a time where we make the adjustments necessary and we move on from those things and we forget those things. I know this is a complete different episode or a complete different topic and we're going to get into this in a different episode um, here in the near future because I I think that sometimes we try to live through our past regrets or our past hurts, and then we pawn them off onto our teenagers. We pawn them off onto our kids. 
and then they have to shoulder the the hurt and guilt that we had. In other words, I'm trying to say is that, do you ever remember seeing the individual that would go and show up at their kid's uh, basketball game and they used to play sports and they used to be a good athlete and now they're living through their kid. Now I understand. I've watched my my sons. They're only four years old, but I've watched them compete. And when you watch your kids, it does bring a certain side out of you. But we can't make our kids hurt because we're trying to live through them, if that makes sense. This is a complete um, a shift on what we're trying to accomplish. Many parents won't discipline because they don't want to be like their father. They don't want to be like their mother. But others don't discipline because they, they feel like they have worked years in building a good relationship and they don't want to lose that. If I can just say that, look, you can have a good relationship with your kid without being their best friend. There's this this trend or whatever we want to call it where we have to be our kid's best friends. It's hard to be your kid's best friends and still create the environment and the structure and the culture that you need to create in a parent setting. Everybody in the family loses when the parents are inconsistent. It hurts the misbehaving kids. It hurts the marital relationship. It hurts the kids who are being obedient. Why is this? Because the one parent is less concerned about upholding the roles and the other parent gets overwhelmed and feels that they need to go overboard with the rules. It disrupts all form of unity in the home. More often than not, the moms tend to be the ones that are more hard on the rules. They want more rules. Dads tend to be a little bit more lax in this thing. It's just typically the way that it goes. But when one parent becomes heavy and the other parent becomes easy, the relationship between the the teen and the parent can start suffering. If the mom is heavy, she is constantly battling her kids and she doesn't have her husband's support. And that will strain the relationship that she has with her children and it will strain the relationship that she has with her husband. But if the dad is the heavy, his efforts to discipline can be undermined by a wife who tends to let her children off the hook extremely easy. So the dad is seen as mean, uncaring by the child and the wife. It's only when the parents participate equally when they come together and they agree on this thing that it needs to be done. It's something that has to be a joint effort. In order to achieve consistency, mom and dad need to be working in the same direction on this thing. There needs to be an open line of communication about what the expectations are. Hey, pray over these expectations. Sit down and have a family meeting and ask the Lord to illuminate in your mind the exact things that need to be seen in your family's life to get the best results. 
to have a family that would honor and glorify the Lord. I seen this week on, I think it was Instagram or somewhere, but it was interesting that this husband and wife, every single year, they have their state of the union. And what they do is they send their kids away and they go and they will um, get a babysitter or whatever, but they book a hotel and they bring their um, iPads, they bring their goals from last year, um, they bring their goals for the new year, and then they get alone, the husband and wife, and they talk over last year's goals, they talk over this year's goals. You want to talk about being on the same page? Man, isn't that being on the same page? I don't know um, if you have to go to measures that extreme, but I will tell you that there has to be communication on the back end. Um, and an open line of talking things through with your spouse and then portraying that to the rest of the family. The focus of the teen discipline should be aimed at critical character values that are found all through the pages of the Bible. I'm talking about like honesty, obedience, respect. Honesty is a character issue that will help them in their relationships in the future. Obedience will help them gain direction and insight into life. Respect is the bedrock of all friendships and interpersonal relationships. Think about their future jobs. Think about just those three things. There's so many more others, but honesty, obedience, and respect. Think about how much better they'll do in their workplace if they can get those three things down. So, Here are some things to remember about discipline. Rules without relationships cause rebellion. If one thinks that discipline is nothing more than a list of rules posted on the refrigerator that line out everyone is supposed to act, then they're greatly mistaken. It's important that time be spent with your child in building a relationship. Hey, look to their interest. Take um, a personal interest in what they want to do. Don't hand out consequences just because your teen made you mad. Hand it out because if they continue in an inappropriate behavior, then the result of something that is harmful to them, then something will take them where they don't want to go. Discipline means confrontation. Confrontation is never easy, right? Confrontation is awkward at times. It can be something that uh, stirs up uh, weird conversations. But to avoid confrontation is only postponing the inevitable to a time when things will only be worse. Don't be afraid of seeing your child go through the pain of consequences. Parents are too quick to rescue a child from their discomfort at times and keeping them from learning from their mistakes or their choices. We have to make sure that we can't be enabling our kids. Look, if they're doing something that is going to put them in danger or hurt them for the future, then we have to allow their consequences to set in with them at times. You can't be consistent with everything. And you say, we just talked about an entire episode on consistency, and now you're saying you can't be. What I'm saying here is this, is that there's going to be a lot of things 
that you're going to feel the need to to bite off, so to speak. But you can't take everything, you can't hit everything head on. If there's a hundred problems, maybe only focus on 10, right? You don't want to completely overwhelm and only be feeding the negative side of things. You want to build up your, your kid's spirit. You want to encourage them and lift them up and love on them. And so you don't want to only always be um, rattling off the negative, but building up the positive. So work on 10 things, um, get those things nailed down, move to the next 10. And the idea obviously is by the time that they are out of the home, then maybe you're at uh, 60 things that you've uh, conquered with them and you've joined hand with them, or you've, you've, you've taught them the maturity to beat the other 40 on their own. You, you see what I'm saying here? So, um, Lastly, discipline is training. Discipline is helping your child to get to where they want to be and keep them from a place that they don't want to end up. Practice discipline in your own parenting, even as you discipline a child, and you'll get them there. Look, this episode has been an encouragement and a blessing to me from the standpoint of I needed this reminder. I needed to understand that with three boys, there, it, it seems like one of them at any given time is always doing something they shouldn't be doing. You know, you got Clinton in the dog bowl. You got uh, the boys wrestling each other, punching on each other, jumping off their top bunk and doing all kinds of crazy things. And these are just the the four-year-old and the two-year-old things that I personally deal with. I know that perhaps it could be um, cell phones and girls and boys and um, all kinds of different things that perhaps that your that's your season of life. But I want you to know that you can be consistent, and I want to encourage you to do so. Our kids need consistency out of us, and it might be it might mean, um, uh, for example, recently my wife went to a basketball game, and I had. Two of the boys stay home with me, had the baby, and then I had one of the twins staying home. And I'm telling you, every three minutes, it was something else. And I was trying to lay on the couch. It had been a long day. I was exhausted. And I remember I'm laying there. And I will tell you that I I, I picked and chose what I was going to get up and mess with. And, then I, I, and, you know, I don't know if that's the extent of, of consistency, but... There are times where it's exhausting. I'm laying there, and then Clinton spills a glass of water. So then I get up and clean that up, and I talk to him about, look, you can't, you know, you can't be spilling glasses of water, and we're going through all that. And then, you know, the next thing I know, um, Cooper's dragging his blanket, and he drug it over, and he swung it, hit the the side table. And knocked over something. And it's just one thing after another. But I say all that to say that sometimes we do have to hop up off the couch every three minutes. And if that's what we have to do in order to create a life of consistency, um, it gets easier, right? When the boys were two, the battles that we fought, we don't have to face as much now. And so be consistent. Love your kids big. And, and allow them to know that you're there for them.
Hey, I'm praying for each and every one of you. I'm cheering you on. I will say I'm extremely excited. Go check out our new website, Greenhouse Effect podcast.com. If you want to write a message on there and let me know um, topics that you would like to hear of, hey, make sure you do that. But God bless you. I'm praying for you. Have an amazing day. I'll see you. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, leave us a rating and review. The greatest trick Satan has ever pulled is convincing the world he does not exist. We have to live in light of the reality that he walks about seeking whom he may devour. He is alive and well today. Remember to work out your salvation today. May God bless you richly as you seek to walk with him.